Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. What's Hi up? there. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke my pen. Oh, Ooh. no. Sorry, the frustration that was, is That just was quite a snapped. snap. <laughs> it's been building for hours. Anyways, welcome back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you know where you are, and if you don't, you are listening to Unseen Must which is a podcast of both of our creations. We are also the hosts, Kendra Timmons. And Allison Buzzer. So if you've listened before, you know, but this is our podcast where we watch movies we've never seen before and decide whether or not you should watch them. Are they truly must-sees? Yeah, or not. This time we watched... The Terminator. The Terminator. <laughs> the first one, the 1984 one, because I didn't realize how many there were. It was like five or six. I vaguely remember a reboot slash remake at one point because I knew, because the name Sarah Connor was familiar to me. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like they did a movie about her at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to give us a little recap of what happens in the 1984 version? Yeah. For anyone who didn't follow Allison's usual podcast advice and do their homework, The Terminator is a sci-fi action film about cyborgs, which is a human slash robot, Mm -hmm. who come back from the future to affect events in the past in order to make their world domination a success. And then a regular old human also comes back from the future to try and stop that from happening. Absolutely. That's that's an accurate synopsis. Yeah, very accurate, yeah. (laughs) So it is directed and written by James Cameron, who is very famously known for Titanic, Avatar. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one of his first little ditties. Definitely put him on the map. Then we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays the Terminator, and you may know him as the governor of California or (laughs) being a bodybuilder in the 70s. I think he retired in the 80s, yeah. We have Linda Hamilton, who plays Sarah Connor, the famous Sarah Connor, and she's kind of, this is kind of her thing. This is her bag. She's a Terminator lady. Then we have Michael, how do you say his last name? Bien? I have no idea. Okay. Your guess that's, is as good as mine. That's how I'm going to go. Yep. And honestly, he's had a pretty cool kind of career because I don't know if you've seen Alien, Kendra. Mm-mm. Have you seen it? Oh, my. Okay, we're going to put it on the list because Alien <laughs> is good. And dare I say, Alien, in my opinion, is better than this. So okay. yeah. I feel like at some point we should watch Alien, especially because similar <laughs> effects situations, similar. But uh-huh. I would say that they they age better than the effects in the in this film. okay yeah yeah yep what what didn't <laughs> yeah i know the thing <laughs> this was tough yeah i i i had never seen it had you seen it mm, no no i'd never seen the, the terminator. terminator i had never seen it it really didn't appeal to me to be honest so it's like but that's kind of like a lot the reason why i haven't watched a ton of these movies is because like on paper star wars to me was like uh-huh. whatever but then I watched it and I was like yep this is sick <laughs> this felt like I don't know I think that Mad Max is better than this like even mm-hmm. the older ones I think that Alien is better than this this is not my first choice for this genre for sure this mm-hmm. is fine and entertaining and if you're like it's the weekend and we have we're gonna watch a marathon of something this is a cool thing to marathon with a bunch of friends, but there I would dare to say like watch the screen marathon over watch this marathon. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But how did you feel about it, Kendra? <laughs> I mean, I was torn. This is another movie to me, which I didn't realize I had this disposition watching movies as much as I do, where it was just kind of like, meh. I mm. you know, I was here for the ride. A lot of things didn't really hold up. A lot of things stood out as being a little bit out of place, but there were things I managed to pick out of it that I did enjoy. Yeah. The overarching theme of the Terminator is that it didn't it didn't age particularly well. No. Well, like the effects, thing, yeah. some of the characters, it yeah. just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold up now. Like if you were to tell me here's this brand new movie called The Terminator, like you would know immediately that it was not out of place and it 
I'm sure it had a place in its time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of things stood out as being like, ooh. Either problematic. There were a couple weird like relationship things where I was like, this is not, this is not cool. They were like pretty physically violent with her. Don't you find? Yes. Very. Yeah. They were very, very. pushy with her. Yeah. I was like one of my notes. I felt like, well, let's just ease off on the very small woman. And even like the relationship stuff, like it just felt very manipulative, especially mm-hmm. knowing where the story goes. You know, I was sent back and I fell in love with you from this picture. And instead of being like, oh, red flag, <laughs> you don't know me and you've fallen in love with me. She was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Sleeps with him, has sex, gets pregnant, and then is recording a tape about like, you know, should I tell you this? Would you send him? It just feels so like, it feels like a science experiment, not a relationship. Yeah. And if, if let's say, because what was her son's name? John. So if let's say John, he doesn't know. So he doesn't know, but. He never got that tape. He does give this picture to this man. If Kyle doesn't know, there needs to be something more than like, I saw this picture and I fell in love with you. I think yeah. it needs to be like, I know this sounds insane, but since I saw this photo, there was like this weird, like I was drawn to you and like I kept it in my chest pocket and it was like you were almost protecting me and I know this sounds insane and yeah, I know that all of this is crazy, but there needs to just be a little bit more vulnerability I think or a little bit more acknowledgement that like hey this is crazy traveling back in time and that is weird enough and instead of being like listen to what I'm saying there needs to be like I don't know more tact from him I felt yes character he just didn't seem very uh smart I guess yeah in terms of thinking about what he was doing and you're right too like not super protective like a little bit overly like commanding and and yeah. violent and rough. Yeah, it didn't work. This And again, this also felt confusing to me because I don't know about you, but I was sold this this movie is like an action movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's car chases and robots and like that kind of thing. And I would argue, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think the Terminator is actually a horror film. If you remove the cars, if you remove the car chases. Yeah. Because yeah. it was very gory right off the bat. There was the psychopathic nature of the Terminator was like, didn't care who was around. There was mass amounts of carnage. There was like even the scene where they were like getting ready in the apartment to go out at night and they got, you know, the prank phone call. All of that just felt so horrible. And then she's in like the parking garage basement and there were jump scares. Like I felt more like I was watching a horror movie than I felt like I was watching an action movie until maybe the last like 15 minutes of the film. To be honest, like now that you say that and I'm like imagining the film diving deeper into horror, I think I would have liked it more Mm. because there's so much leniency in the horror genre. Like you can really get away with anything because you can be like ghost, zombies, like you just like there's so much like space to be wrong with gravity and lines and all that kind of stuff they would have been definitely leaned in more because I found the beginning to be so long mm-hmm. and so useless like not <laughs> useless but I just felt like hello like I have no idea why like what's happening I just know that these two men yeah show up I don't know anything about this I and I didn't I didn't know that no me neither Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy and the other guy was a good guy like and I couldn't tell for a pretty long time yeah and like why are they here how did they get here we we got it eventually Eventually, like, I think it was like a 30 minute mark. And then all of a sudden, oh, they're after her 35 minutes, you found out why. If it was a horror, and you wanted to keep all of that same violence, we would have been okay with the like, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, it's just really scary. Yeah, Yeah. just scary. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been a lot for me. Yes. It would have been a lot better. Yeah. And again, we talk about that fine balance all the time where exposition versus like really telling you what's happening and really spoon feeding it to you versus this, which felt like we're just not going to give you anything at all. Yeah. And just hope that you hang on with us. I also think the reason this didn't feel very sci-fi to me either is because to make good sci-fi, you have got to be so on top of your story, your tech. Like you have to build a whole new world with a whole new set of rules. It's why sci-fi and fantasy kind of like sit in the same level in people's minds because you really have to be conscious especially when it involves the future and time travel like there are rules there are things that would happen 
differently. There would be things that were constantly changing. There was no explanation of like why certain technologies work or why they don't. And the only way to defeat this robot was to blow him up. And I was like, okay, but like, would water do it? Would, you know, could you set the fire alarm off and the sprinkle? Like all of these other things that we have established for the world of sci-fi, they just kind of chose to ignore to make their lives easier. And I think it showed because it just didn't feel very put together and very logical and thus kind of ruined the believability of it a little bit. But because they didn't give us a real way to defeat this quote unquote monster, the whole time I was like, this is a pointless chase. Like if it was, if I was Sarah, I would have just been like, I'm going to just jump off a bridge. This is crazy. What's the point? My family and my friends are all dying. All dead. And I have no idea how to defeat this guy or this robot or this cyborg or whatever. Yeah. Also, because there were no realistic rules I kept on being like, first of all, 2029, okay? That's like in what, like four or five years? Yep. The thing about predicting the future is like, (laughs) first of all, 40 years is not that long. Like you and I will probably be alive in 40 years from now. Yeah. So. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's. (laughs) If, if we're talking about the average lifespan, you and I will be alive in 40 years. But step one was <laughs> they come back in time and I immediately he stole a gun out of a cop car, Kyle. Yep. And I was like, nope, no. And no one ever brought it up again. Then they caught him and then never talked about the fact that he had a police force arm on him ever. Yeah. Step number one, like, I don't care where you come from in time, you would know that that would be a thing. Like, that would be a, and that's an absolute, to you. yeah, that would be an absolute, like, big no-no, whatever. That's fine. We, we just brushed over that, and that was cool for me, and I was like, all right. Have you ever tried to get a Gen Z to look in a phone book? <laughs> they have no idea what to do. Yeah. No idea. These people were looking through phone books. As if it was like second nature to them. I don't even think I would know how to use the phone to book anymore. There were a lot of things they knew how to do. Yeah. And again, you're right. It's not that long a span of time. And potentially Mm -hmm. you could program a robot with the knowledge that humans have. I just didn't buy it. I was like, how does everyone know where everyone is? How to get into things? How to like, just like basic things that I, especially because their depiction of the future was so stark. Yeah. And also that had no science behind it either. They're like the nuclear war. And I was like, wait, nuclear war and there's still people who aren't deathly ill or mutant. Like like all the things we know happen when it comes to nuclear blasts Yeah, was not remotely visible or taken into account in this. Why did it have to be nuclear? Why couldn't it have been some made up future technology that did it. It just, it felt a little careless in some places. When this movie was made, technology was moving and they knew where it was going, but that wasn't taken into account when the movie was made for the yeah. future. So the internet was created at this point. Like it it had started. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what it was because like, the 90s when like email came out and stuff like that, but still like the internet was a thing that was being talked about on the news and like couldn't like do any research on technology and how potentially it would evolve to the future if you wanted to make it realistic in a sense. Even things like the televisions were like box televisions and I'm not like saying like oh like shame on you but you didn't think that televisions would evolve in 40 years the shape of a television like other things that we have watched uh, a space odyssey mm-hmm. they did facetiming you didn't yes. think that facetiming would be like a potential thing or and that had come out before this as well exactly there was no tech evolution in this story at all yeah for 40 years you were just like it's 40 years later and everything has stayed exactly the same yes that being said i do think they created a good post-apocalyptic environment i didn't find it realistic i don't think it made any sense based on the context we were given but i do think they had a really like the whole underground area where he was initially like walking through with like refugees and survive like human survivors and stuff like that whole segment in the past I was like okay I see what you're going for like we've put some effort into like the building of this space so I think the set deck and the crew did an incredible job with the information they were given yeah but I don't think the basis of that information was very strong I don't blame special effects or it's not a blame situation as well but it I wouldn't say that it's 
necessarily any problem except for with the script. I think that the script itself was the issue. I think everything else was great. Yeah, it didn't have the same care and thought. Because even when you think about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind... That was a sci-fi futuristic concept, but brought into the world very seamlessly and very believably. Whereas this, they were just having fun. It felt very similar to like, you know, again, I I can't remember what movie I said it on, but it feels like a film school movie with like, that was given a real big budget. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had this and there was robots and like, they came back and like, and the first thing the robot does is just like, rip out this guy's heart. Oh my God, that's so cool. Like, that's, that felt like the thought process of how we built this yeah this movie (laughs) or last time we watched Casablanca and you had Mm -hmm. mentioned that the dialogue is so good that even though Casablanca came out in the 40s there are some key phrases in that film or key dialogue in that film that have just kept on evolving almost like a hundred years at this point yeah it's been 80 years and there is a line in this film that when I saw it, I was, I immediately got brought back to our previous conversation because I don't know if it was a good line or it was bad acting with a (laughs) hilarious accent. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger had very little lines in this film. And to be honest, I thought he did a pretty good job. Me too. I was impressed. I was genuinely impressed. Yeah, I really saw the commitment in him. He was scary. That was a scary villain. I think he was very well cast in this film. But the I'll be back, the way that it was shot, because it was lower and it was like up the nose kind of, it was, there was, there were moments in this film that I laughed out loud. Yeah. And I laughed out loud when he said, I'll be back. (laughs) felt like a joke it honestly felt a little bit like a joke and I think that's why it's funny I don't know if it's funny because of the writing it's like the the starting of meme like I I was thinking about memes and how people like take snapshots of like famous things and they'll like put it into different everyday life yeah and I was like that's that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about that moment yeah I I think it's just as valuable really (laughs) sticks in all of our all of us have the exact same image We we know the quote we may not have seen the movie but we know the quote absolutely I think it's not worse or better but my goodness, it was a different experience. <laughs> yeah. I do think that whole segment was supposed to be funny. I think it was supposed to be the cop being like, no, you can't do that right now. And he was like, okay, I'll be back. And he was back with a car. That's, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Not for the cop and the context of his crushing death, but... Yeah, I felt like there were a few moments in this film that weren't supposed to be funny that I thought were really funny. <laughs> the sex scenes in general. Oh, like, no. The music mixed that was with, like, so bad. hair flips and, like, crunchy faces and hand-holding and sheets. Yeah, that was also made all the more uncomfortable just because of, like, how it happened. Like, I just, I just can't imagine a world where I had just met someone Mm -hmm. who was, like, dragging me around. Like, granted, he saved your life, so, like, maybe you'd be in, like, a state of gratitude or appreciation. But I just can't imagine someone approaching me and being like, I've had this picture of you. Someone gave me this picture of you to come find you, and I love you now. And being like, yeah, sign me up. That would be like, ooh, mm, no, weird. We're in stalker yeah. mode territory. I just, I'm, I don't see it ending in the way that it did. I think if I thought I was gonna die and there was a very sh- shirtless man who had <laughs> a strong, muscly body around, I could see that happening. <laughs> But yes, I think I would have to block out all of the red flags and yes. be like, I distract you, red flag. <laughs> I distract you with abs. I distract <laughs> you. Because it really didn't, or maybe like because he kept on coming back to try to save her. I don't really know. But I feel like personally, I would have a lot more of a struggle of like, can you just go away for a long time before yeah. I decided to just be like, cool, I have succumbed We're to good. whatever you're saying. Also, another thing that made me laugh a lot was the Arnold Schwarzenegger meat puppet that they made. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When he like took out his eye and then all of a sudden it was a shot of like, literally I was like, that looks like a meat puppet. Like that does not look like. It was a big old, big old thick latex mask. Yeah. That was not a face. No, it was not a face. And it was 
bad. It was, this is the thing, dude. Sometimes you watch these older films that have special effects in it, like Gremlins, because yes. Gremlins are not real. So yes. when we see the Gremlins, no matter what year it is, we're like cute, fuzzy. Okay, their facial Great. features are a little bit bizarre, but that's cool because they're bizarre. Bought yeah. it. When you're trying to like recreate human with like Robot chicken parts. cutlets, doesn't last. It no. doesn't stand up. It looks hilarious because his face was even smaller. Like it wasn't even the same size head. Like <laughs> I would have thought it was bigger. You thought it was bigger? I th- yeah, because there was more on it. Oh, that's true. No, but like the like CGI robot that was like running oh that was them. I, that was funny. That was funny because you could tell they used a lot of speeding up footage as a special effects crutch, which again, doesn't age well, (laughs) did not look good, was very obvious what they were doing. But yeah, the stop start animation, it just made him less scary. Like I almost would have preferred if he had somehow managed to keep, I know it would have been impossible in a giant explosion, but somehow managed to keep more of his flesh because that thing was scarier than the full like robot skeleton. Mm Mm-hmm chasing after them in stop start <laughs> I was just yeah. like this is no longer I did however enjoy when he was dragging half of his body that was pretty creepy he dragged like half his robot body over top of Kyle's dead body and I was like okay I see but I think that was like this movie in a nutshell I have little notes of "Ooh, that was cool but it lasted about 20 seconds and was very interspersed one of them was there was a beautiful sequence in the police station where the cop I think it's Kyle's handcuffed and he's in the interior room with the psychologist uh-huh. and the Terminator has started attacking the police station and the one cop opens the interrogation room door and goes you know something's going on keep an eye on him and as he shuts the door Kyle is on top of the other guy he doesn't even have a second to watch him and he knocks him over and does this crouch like with his hands handcuffed and like immediately lands over top of the pocket with the keys in it and I was like oh my gosh this sequence is so mm-hmm. satisfying this mm-hmm. is so good there's also a beautiful shot of Arnold Schwarzenegger taking off on the motorcycle well it wasn't him it was a stunt guy that that big turn with like his leg on the ground and I was like yes like there were lots of moments in this movie that I thought were really cool but it was just it didn't have anything to back it up in terms of logical story no like I just wasn't in it enough I was in it for those moments but everything outside of that not so much I also just felt like because the Terminator was just this force when he for example like she's at the police station and she feels like she's safe enough to sleep and whatever I felt like it should have been more of a fair battle at the end when he's Mm -hmm. like fixing his arm after that uh, that's when he was fixing his arm right after the police thing was that when I can't remember I can't remember anymore at one point he's damaged and he needs to like cut open his arm and I think it's at that point yeah and we didn't get to see him struggle you know what I mean like I would have enjoyed seeing his robot self be actually like walking through the LA streets damaged (sighs) and bleeding and needing to like figure out how to like fix, fix himself. himself and like mm. where to go because all of a sudden it just cut to him in like a warehouse doing surgery on him which was a cool scene to do like I thought that the yeah. whole watching the mechanics that was cool like it, it was yeah cool. and the effects were very good on that yeah I thought, I thought so as well I just felt like we needed more of like a him kind of losing there needs to be more right. of like a, a, a true battle it just felt like it was such a he had such an upper hand but that's also why I feel it's a horror movie Mm-hmm. The killer yeah. does feel unstoppable and it's hopeless and it's like you think you've killed him and he's back. That also fits perfectly to me in the horror genre. Yeah. Where I'm like nothing scarier than something that will not die. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we fixed the film now. Make it a horror yeah. and a story. Just make it a horror movie and mm-hmm. it's fine. I did have a note in here that I really enjoyed how they did Sarah's character arc because I'm conflicted because I agree with you. I think the writing on this was not great. They didn't really put a lot of effort into the world building and the logic of what was going on however the concept of this is very cool the idea that this one person has and I think that's how all major like adventures start you know the chosen one of Harry Potter or like you know the hobbits are the ones that have to like go on this journey in Lord of the Rings like it's you've picked someone out of obscurity and told them how important they are and they're just not equipped 
for that. And I thought her arc of going from, what the heck is going on? I'm completely hopeless. Like she didn't, she was clumsy. She didn't know how to do anything. Like she was constantly being saved. And you saw this natural progression of her slowly getting more confident, driving the car, handling weapons, having instincts, knowing what to do. And I thought having Kyle die at the end and leave her completely on her own to figure out the situation. And it turned her into the person that they all knew she would become. If that makes any sense. Like she was on her own. She got herself a dog for protection and was, you know, driving to Mexico. I found that part of it very believable. Mm -hmm. I believed her when she was lost and naive and useless. I believed her developing into somebody who could look after herself and eventually essentially start the rebellion. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that was very cool. Yeah, I did enjoy it as well. I thought like the arc that you're talking about was strong. However, I did find, I feel like she needed more of more allies than just Kyle. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, it would have been cool to see the police chief be more involved. Or her friend not dying and getting away (laughs) and then finding her and being like, this is... And her friend could have died anyway at the end. Right. But it just would have been nicer to have an outside source that was from the real world that wasn't... That was brought in. Yeah, but that also wasn't either thinking this whole situation was crazy or like taking it very lightly because I felt like the police were taking it very like, yeah, there's a murder, yeah what tell me something new like you know what I mean like it was just like kind of brushing it off and the way that they were like treating Kyle was very kind of like in a funny humor oh he's just crazy type of situation yeah the whole psychologist thing where he was like I'm so excited yeah like I'm gonna become famous because this guy's insane yeah you're like really she needed someone to help her through this process who could be like us for Mm -hmm. her yeah I was gonna say that girl was not her friend No. The first thing she said to her was like, oh, there was like a news story about a Sarah Connor who died. She turned to her, she's like, oh, you're dead. Wait, that, <laughs> was those like, are two separate people, were they not? I don't think so. I think it was this, the same person. I thought the server friend and the roommate were different people. Oh, maybe they were. But they I thought they were the, the same. same. I thought they were the same. I think they were separate. Let's find out. <laughs> we have this technology. Yeah, Ginger. Ginger's the roommate. Was the roommate. I think Nancy is the server. Yeah, two separate people. Okay. Nancy's the worst. Yeah. Because she was like, come check this out. You're dead. And you're yeah. like, whoa. That's harsh as hell. Especially because she already had a really hard day. I know. Wasn't that giving you a server's yes. anxiety? Of like, it was. When I was serving, I used to have nightmares of being like, someone asked for ketchup. Someone asked for ketchup. Who yeah, I forgot to bring that person ketchup. Yeah, I forgot to bring that person ketchup. Shit. Yeah. I can't watch like below deck because of that. I know. It's also the the sequence of, you know, I've been sent to this table with food and going, who got this? And having no one at the table acknowledge your presence. And they all Uh, look really confused. And you're like, oh, I must be at the wrong table. And then you go back to the kitchen and you ask the chef to like tell you again what table. And it is the correct table. And then you go back and go, who had this? And I have been in scenarios where people look me dead in the face and go, I did not order that. And I go, you ordered it from me. I know that this happened. What are you talking about? It's insane. That's yeah. a t- that's a tough job for anyone who's never done it. You can immediately tell who has and who has not served in their life mm-hmm. upon having one conversation about it. Mm-hmm. It is as a whole world that believe me, if you haven't done it, you know nothing about. <laughs> I th- I think that it should be a rite of passage. Yeah, you, you go to university instead of volunteer hours in high school. You, you can become a server. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or both. You have to do your volunteer hours, and you also have to spend at least a month in a service customer service facing job. Six months. Six months. Get the true feeling for it. Experience. The way that you are constantly going around thinking that basically being a server is like a, a just a very low fever dream of being gaslit all day yes. long. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for following us on this tangent. Thank you, you, The Terminator, for allowing us the space to talk about this because it's a very, very important subject. Anyway, are you ready for two truths and one single lie? Yes. Yes, I am. All right. Two truths and one lie where I tell my friend, Kendra Timmons, three facts. One of them is a lie. Two of them are true. She gets to guess. All right. I feel a lot of pressure. Do you want to take a breath? You okay? Yeah. You're going to make it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. One. James Cameron makes a special appearance in this movie. Oh. When Sarah's about to go on a date, there's a message that is left on her answering machine where her date is canceling. Do you remember this part of the Yes, I do. Yes, Yes. I do. And was he a date or was he a boyfriend? Because if he was a boyfriend, the lack of follow-up 
shameful. I'm not sure. Okay. If he was a boyfriend or a date, but it was she was going on a date with somebody, and this person exits the date, and that voice actor is James Cameron. Okay. James Cameron and Linda, actually, the the woman who plays Sarah, they dated for they were together for nine years after this, and they actually got married <gasps> and were together for Whoa. two, and they had a daughter together. So is this a whole new fact or is this no no fact? that's just like a little tidbit extra okay. of that. So James okay. Cameron making an old appearance. I in know. The old I do know. Terminator. I do know James Cameron's been married a lot of times. He has, yep. Two, Arnold Schwarzenegger had already retired from his bodybuilding career at the point of filming this movie. However, he was very, I guess, attached to the branding of the fact that he looked a certain way and he felt like that was part of his career. So before he decided to take on the Terminator, he wrote in his rider that his hours can only be 9 to 5 or 5 to 1 a.m. Okay. He can only work eight hours a shoot because he needed to put in, I think it was between six to eight hours of actual working out every day. If he shot from nine to five, he would work out from four to eight. And then after shooting, he would work out for an additional two to three hours. If they were doing night shoots, he would work out from, he would wake up at nine and he would work out from 10 to four and then do an entire night shoot. So Arnold Schwarzenegger's Wow, gym routine. Exercise routine, yes. Also, fun fact, and this is not a two truths or one lie. This is just a fun fact that I just thought would be an interesting tidbit. O.J. Simpson was up for the role of the Terminator, but didn't get it because he, oh. he, he seemed too nice. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, last. James Cameron sold the movie rights to this film for $1. So no one believed in him being a director, and he was adamant that he was going to direct this film. So in exchange of becoming the director of The Terminator, he sold the rights of this production to Gail Ann Hurd for $1. However, he does sincerely regret this choice now later in date and quote if I had a little time machine and I could only send back something the length of a tweet it would be don't sell the Terminator okay so James Cameron writes Arnold Schwarzenegger exercise routine and James Cameron making a special appearance oh I say this every time but this is very hard I was like, I wonder if she's going to say very good, very good. Yeah, I because we've had, it's not unbelievable that James Cameron would give his rights away to the movie because George Lucas, in the opposite fashion, no one believed in him. So he managed to like get away with the merchandising rights and like all that kind of stuff. So we know that this happens in Hollywood. They will also sometimes make deals where it's like, okay, I will be in this crappy movie so that I can do whatever I want for the next two. Like we know that deals like this go on. So that's very believable to me. And especially knowing the success or the like because despite the fact that this is an older film that in my personal opinion doesn't hold up very well it has it, it's on the list like it's on the list of musties it, it yeah. landed in our laps somehow so mm-hmm. it has managed to I bet this was a movie that was on TV all the time like there was just on at, it started at 11 yep. and and was just always on so I do imagine you would be kind of upset if you sold the rights to something that is constantly airing or being brought up you know mm-hmm. so I also think the gym writer or the the contract writer for Arnold Schwarzenegger about being able to go to the gym sounds very plausible because he looked it in this movie. There was a couple shots of his silhouette where I was like, oh, my lord. Yeah. Like, that is just, that is a human who has, like, shaped their body in an incredibly unique way that would have taken up a lot of effort and a lot of maintenance. Yep. In order to maintain that kind of silhouette. So that I believe, and I also know that actors do that now. Like I think a lot of like the Marvel people have very strict schedules of like, okay, you film and then you go to the gym and here's Mm. what you eat. And that seems Mm. absolutely terrifying. And then the first one also would have been a really easy, like, you know, we're in the editing booth. We need to fill this with something. It's fine. I'll do it. So they're all, they are all super believable. And I'm just going with a gut feeling. And I think that number one is the lie. I think that that's not James Cameron's voice. Mm. It is James Cameron's voice. Oh. Yes. I gotcha. No, I made up the Arnold Schwarzenegger writer thing. Ah. But like he uh, very plausibly had to figure out an exercise routine, but the writer In between. Yeah. That also kind of makes sense too, because it also feels like this was kind of Arnold's welcome to the world of entertainment. So you may not have been able to ask for a lot of things 
We yeah. as Canadian actors certainly know no. that you can't ask for anything. He did something else before this as okay. an actor, but it was like the only thing he had ever done as an actor. Yeah. Other than that, he was famous for Mr. Olympia, which mm-hmm. he had won seven times, sense. but he had, yeah, I just don't think he had the, now he probably does. Yes. And he probably, <laughs> like, I, I don't know this, but I'm assuming he's probably one of the first people to say, like, this needs to be part of my contract. Yeah. If you want this, it needs to be maintained because you're right. There are so many actors that the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a show. Yeah, TV show. Oh, okay, okay. There there was a character development where he had to like become chiseled and like do this whole thing. And he, in an interview, was like the studio had to pay him. To go to the gym. Yeah, and he trained with a trainer twice a day. And he ate chicken breasts and Brussels sprouts and broccoli and spinach. And that's all he ate for like (sighs) six months. And he was like, it's the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I just wonder what Chris Hemsworth and all those people do because my gosh anyway we don't worry about that in Canada Mm. at all (laughs) (laughs) all right are you ready for those mama mama I am Excellent. The Musties, for anyone who doesn't know, is our rating system. It has a long history of being Musties and then being shortened and then somehow Mushrooms got involved. If you know, you know. <laughs> so we have three three tableaus. Categories? Call it? Breakdowns? Cat- there we go. We have three categories <laughs> on the page, on the screen, and on the brain. I'm going to start on the page with the plot. I mean, the thing is, my biggest problem with this film is the page mm-hmm. and some production well, value I would say. <laughs> however the production value was what they had but I just didn't think it lived up to 2023 certainly not I think this will be my lowest kind of breakdown in, in all of them so plot I thought the plot was was good you know these two people need to come back like you said this one woman is pivotal in like kind of changing the future of this nuclear holocaust I guess so I think the plot was pretty good so I'm gonna give the plot an eight I do think it took a long time to know what was happening character breakdown I don't know like (laughs) like you said I I did like Sarah's I did like that she like learned and all that kind of stuff but I felt like a lot of the characters had a were pretty lackluster including Kyle I feel like the Terminator is what it is and I mean what great performance does he need nothing really but yeah I just I wasn't like I just I didn't really get the chief of police like didn't really have a lot of a lot going on everyone just kind of seemed like people around but (laughs) the opinions of what was happening wasn't really there for me so I'm gonna give character breakdown a five and then in terms of dialogue I think it was just not great especially all of the future concepts and stuff like that maybe that will go into plot actually I think the future concepting goes into plot changing plot okay plot's gonna be a five there wasn't a lot of effort made into or like there wasn't a lot of imagination put into like what the future is gonna look like it just didn't feel very smart no it felt like they were on some budget constraints yeah we're just gonna drive this tank over some skulls a couple times yeah it, it wasn't it just felt not great and then dialogue I didn't think the dialogue was very good at all no so I'm gonna give it a three all right yeah I'm with you this is where I find it a little difficult though because I think the concept was good but I think the plot line they ended on was not yeah and I don't know how you divide those things so I'm gonna do the same I'm gonna give it a five because I think the basis was there this would be a great remake which is maybe what that movie was but I don't actually know the recent Sarah Connor Mm. movie but it doesn't matter but like I think this baseline done now and with a little bit more expansion like maybe even in the land of like a mini series or a series would be cool Mm -hmm. but overall I just didn't there wasn't enough thought put into the plot line or how coming back from the future because they didn't even talk about stuff like we've tried this before and you know didn't have the right result and this is our last chance because they did have that weird line about we we closed the the ability so the only people who can come back are the two of us which I appreciated because I was like if naked people are just gonna be dropping out of the lightning storms all over the place like this is gonna get really complicated really quick Mm -hmm. but there just there wasn't a lot of fleshing out the idea so I'm landing on a five character breakdown Sarah was the only one and maybe that was intentional maybe they wanted it to be about her and what was going on but I think they did a disservice at the same time by not fleshing out other people the only other person who I fully like understood as a character was the therapist 
interviewer who was like, oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. This guy thinks he's from the future. I'm going to be able to write a book and go on tour. And like, I saw his whole life story in a very short amount of time. So because only those two characters got it, I'm also at a five. And dialogue, I'm giving it a one. I don't think there was anything overly special about it, except for I'll be back. Because that's quotable. And again, maybe because it's bad, maybe because it's good. But one point for one line. That's... That's where I end up in this. Because there was a lot of things that just, like, the reaction seemed really off. I didn't love any of the love interest interaction. Like, it just didn't. It didn't land for me. so uncomfortable. And that's okay. That's okay. On the screen. On the screen. Production value. No. No. Which is so... Which is too bad because I don't know enough about what technology existed and what didn't. But I do have the context of... Older films. Older films that felt more futuristic. And that the Star Wars, those hovering cars and all that kind of stuff, like, that still looks cool as heck. Yeah. Like, the shots of the planets still look really fucking cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Production value... I'm going to give it a one. Yeah. Acting and casting, I'm going to give it... I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was a great cast. Agreed. Great performance. I also think that Linda... What's her name again? Hamilton. Hamilton was also a good cast. I think she was a good cast. Yeah, I think that was a tough... She was given a very tough job. Here's the thing, though. This This is where the issue for me lies, is the story is about her, but it felt like I was watching it from the perspective of the male lead, Kyle, but I felt like... Yeah. I should be watching it from her perspective and that's yeah. where I have an issue with directing because I yes. think if we would have been watching it from hers a lot more things would have been not, like, not only the genre we're talking like I think I agree with you if they would have leaned into horror more than action this would have been for me a lot better yep. and if they would have focused on her because that's who the story really was about and not him Kyle it would have landed more too yep. but that doesn't have to do with acting and casting that has to do with directing no. so for acting and casting I'm gonna give it a five. It was okay. I thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton did a really good job, but everyone else was like, sure. Yeah. 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 Directing, this is this is the thing. Yeah. I think that James Cameron did fantastic in Titanic. Yeah. I've watched many, many behind the scenes of that movie and I'm still in awe of the things that he did. And those shots and those effects are insane. Yeah. This did not hit for me though. And I'm going to give this a two because I love the things I just mentioned. Yeah. I think that that lands. For me, I'm giving production value. I'm going to give it a three because I do think that the effects team when it came to makeup tried their absolute best. Like I- But I try my best in a bunch of stuff I'm not good at all the time. (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair but I liked the hand stuff there were moments of half robot half human I did like I didn't like the eyeball stuff because that did look very much any like close-ups of the face not so much but the one silhouette where he first got up from being um it was pre-fire where he was uh, dragged under the truck. The truck drove him over. Yeah. And he stood up from behind the truck and it was more like half of his face and like his shoulder was exposed. Yeah. I was into that. That silhouette made sense for me. I also want to give props to whoever was in charge of the cars on this movie because there were so many cars. Anyone who grew up in that time in the 80s, how easy was it to steal cars? Because they made it look very easy. You know what? I'm <laughs> assuming it was that easy. And that's why we have all the new they stuff were able, come out. Because yeah. my goodness. Just just, just jumping into up. people's cars. Yeah. None of them locked. No one locked their cars. Anyway, so I think there are elements of production value where they really tried based on what they were given. And I think that's going to come through with the directing for me. Because I just don't I just, think can't get behind the meat puppet was just not good it was just so not good the meat puppet that for me the meat puppet didn't bother me as much as the stop start animation robot they both were really (laughs) (laughs) but seriously i was like who said they were trying something they were were trying something God, guys, try it on your own dollar. Come on. You know. It took them or... six months to create that meat puppet. Oof. Yeah. It was re- it was okay. very unfortunate. And I've seen better work on other things, which is why it's at a three. Okay. I don't think anyone was like, you know what I mean? Like I don't think anyone carelessly made that meat puppet. I think I they were understand. given <laughs> I just feel like if you are like bringing something to the table and you're like this is the best that I can do doesn't mean everyone has to see it doesn't mean it has to right. be right you can use more strategic shots of like you know yeah shadows you know, yeah the same like, way they hid Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis they yeah. could have hidden 
the, the like, broken w- face. When we watch Apocalypse <laughs> Now and they're like, oh no, Marlon Brando showed up and he's much heavier than he said he was going to be. We're going to do all these shadow shots. Like it was not But you bad, also didn't like. They, I didn't like but... it very much, but at least they tried something different other than like one shot, meat puppet, next shot, Arnold Schwarzenegger putting on his sunglasses at a different angle. Like, come on guys. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I was offended by the meat puppet. Anyway, that's, that's okay. That's that's a that's a, a fair feeling. For acting and casting, I am also on the same page as you. I thought Arnold impressed me, and I don't know whether that's because I expected him not to, just because it was like a very it was kind of the first thing in his career. Like he's you know, like, would he be getting his footing? Would he just be essentially like a stand-in? But I really, uh, he was really scary to me. I, yeah, I give I him, great. I give yeah. him full, full props. But I agree with you. I didn't, I just didn't vibe with Kyle. I don't know what Kyle's deal was. I don't know if it was because they wrote him creepy or because he was very manhandly of her in the car where she was like, I have to get out of here. And instead of being like sympathetic and going like, I know this is scary, but I I was sent, like my job is to protect you. So like, please let me, it was just like, no, no, I'm just gonna grab your shirt and kind of like half strangle you. And even like the way he was demanding that she drive the car where he's like, switch. And it was like, you don't know if she can drive. I can't drive. If you'd done that to me, we'd be dead. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I think that was poor casting and poor delivery of that role. I feel bad because I also, I go through phases of like, I'm a really bad actor. So I just imagine someone talking about something that I've done and being like, that person was crap. I don't, I never put it on the individual person. There are a lot of no, elements no, that no. need to come into play. If you're cast in a role you don't necessarily belong, it's going to be harder for you to give an but impactful performance. I disagree with you that it is his responsibility I think that as society in the last 40 years, we have developed stronger ability to understand human nature. Mm -hmm. So when this came about, I just think that James Cameron did not understand what a woman needed in certain moments or like what another person needed, never mind woman. And we just know more now. And I just think at the time that was sexy, I think. So (laughs) I'm not going to put it on, I'm not going to put it on the actor. I'm going to put a lot of it onto, like you said, yeah. Character development and script. Yes. Okay, so for acting and casting, I'm going to give it a six. Oh. Because there were elements that, like, impressed me about Arnold Schwarzenegger and her. I think they brought it They brought it up. So for directing, I'm with you as well. I'm going to give it a two because I think elements of it were well thought out mm-hmm. and others were not. This felt like a film that was divided in focus. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what genre we were in. We didn't know, you know, what special effects needed more focus versus which ones didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also forgot for production value. I really appreciate the pyrotechnics who just set everything on fire in the last scene. It was super unrealistic, but it looked dope. Did, Side note. So yeah, so I think James Cameron, he also took on a lot. Like he wrote it. This was his, maybe, was it his first directing job? I think so, yeah. That's a difficult thing to step into. And I agree with you. I think he grew from this. I think eventually down the line in his career. I mean, I also do think he tends to get tunnel vision as well. Because all the stuff with Avatar right now is not great. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible train of thought. But it all it all lands on me giving directing it too. I think if someone else had directed this, we would have gotten a very different movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. On the brain, on the noggin, suspended reality. Um, It was suspended at moments. However, I did find the beginning to be quite long and I did check being like, am I supposed to know what's happening right now? Like it, I, there were many, many questions. There were also laughter when I don't think laughter should have been had. And I'm going to put that on suspending reality. So I'm going to give suspending reality a five. Emotional connection. It's always a tough one for me. Yeah. For Sarah, for sure. Felt her struggle, connected with her. That's why I think some of her choices were so bizarre to me because there were moments where like where she was just like oh you have a picture of me and you're just like wow like love <laughs> I'm like what girl absolutely not no way I know and I think that's because we identify with her a little yeah, bit yeah yeah and so, she was given some wrong direction exactly. now devil's advocate could argue that maybe she's had terrible terrible boyfriends in the past which she did the one that bailed on her that she certainly didn't like so maybe this is the first guy who like offered her a coat when she was cold but still we can do better we can do better we can and we have but also as a devil's advocate on the devil's advocate I totally understand (laughs) being like I think I'm gonna die tomorrow and this man is like telling me that he thinks that I'm good looking and he doesn't have a shirt on came back from the future to save me exactly I get it yeah so I think that was the character we were to be 
supposed to be the most connected with, or at least that's what I thought. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a five because don't get Kyle. Don't understand it. I don't even really understand when he was walking through like the tunnels. He had like this weird cockiness about him that I mm-hmm. just also found very icky and like. It's like he was trying into. to look cool. Exactly. Like on top of the layers of the character, he was also very aware of like coming off across as a cool guy when the movie came out. And if, as in directing terms, if he's supposed to be this, like, cool guy who's, like, a hero to, like, the masses, why aren't, like, children running towards him when he, like, comes in? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. felt like there could have been more done there. Anyway. It had to be fleshed out. Pardon yeah. <laughs> Recommend? Yeah. But, like, not seriously, you know? Someone's like, oh, should I watch it? And I'll be like, sure, when you have the moment. Right. Or if you're, like, knitting or if you're, like, doing anything else at the exact same time, have it on in the background. Fine. <laughs> Do you need to watch it definitely before you move on with your life? No. No. You could probably never watch this for the rest of your life, and I think it would be fine. So, again, I'm going to go five for that. Message? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. The message no, is... No, me neither. No. I have no idea. Not, not... I can't even, like, mustard up a message of... I don't know. No. One for a message? I don't know. I don't know what a message oh, would be. Yeah. That's... Yeah. This this whole thing is, is very confusing. Yep. Suspending reality, I'd give it... I'm going to go a little bit higher and give it a six because I the storyline was able to follow through enough to me and I didn't really check the time like I have in other ones like it wasn't like oh how much longer is this I think it did ramp up in the right places but I wasn't overly invested and I was pulled out a lot by some of the bad effects some of the bad decisions some of just kind of like the boringness of a lot of the police stuff in particular I was like oh I just not into it emotional connection I was emotionally connected to Sarah I related to her situation there were a lot of moments of me going ugh if that was me like you said I'd just jump off a bridge her tenacity <laughs> and her ability to keep going I'm a little upset like that what? she left her iguana behind oh yes uh, I don't know what happened there that was a little upsetting yeah they should have had the iguana in the car with the dog yeah. Yeah. Thank but you for I also, that. Yeah. I just I thought that felt weird because she was so that scene was great <laughs> mm-hmm. where she was like you love me don't you and it looked like the iguana was kind of screaming I was like, yeah. this is <laughs> so much. So Hilarious. I'm going to give it a five as well because I wasn't really emotionally connected to anyone other than, I will say I was connected to the gun seller a little bit. <gasps> Me too. Because I knew what was going to happen to him. He was like being all like jovial, like here, have this, have that. And I was like, oh, this guy's, this Terminator's just going to kill this guy. He's going to kill this guy. Yeah. And so weirdly emotionally connected to that guy for whatever reason so it gets a 50 50 would i recommend this no i wouldn't yeah i do think there is i have an appreciation for it now from a pop culture perspective because now i know where the line's from also i think i've said it before but my favorite show like sitcom of all time community has an ongoing joke where they watch i can't remember what it's called but they essentially watch the show's version of the terminator Mm -hmm. and they just hate watch it Mm -hmm. like they bring their popcorn and they play the movie and they just make fun of it the whole time and that's what i think think this movie is good for like I understand that reference now Mm -hmm. that I didn't before so if that's what you're looking for then yes this is a great movie to recommend but I think it's a two and the message I also struggle to figure out what the message is on this one other than maybe you're capable of more than you think like that you can find a message anywhere I love it well that's that's the only thing that where I'm going okay she's living this mundane life where she's not super happy she's got a flaky boyfriend she's going through the motions and then someone comes from the future and kind of says to her you and your son create the revolution Mm -hmm. and her having that like uh no 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 you've got the wrong person could not possibly be me I'm in so over my head and then coming to this like strength and this fight and this realization and like I think that's interesting it's unfortunate you didn't see this through like I'd be curious about what this sequel looks like yeah apparently it's better than this one okay okay yeah because that I could get on board with of like really seeing her her transformation. So the lesson here is you're more capable than you think you are. But that's a stretch. So yeah, I'm like, re- she's reaching friends, but <laughs> let, let's give it to her. Yep. Yep. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So I'm going to give it a two. So overall, on the page, Allison's score is a 4.33. Mine is a 3.67. On the screen, Allison's is a 2.67. And mine is a 3.67. And on the brain, Allison's is a 4. And mine is a 3.75. Giving this movie an overall rating for myself, a 3.71. And for Allison, a 3.67. Making it a 3.69, which feels... That's the lowest. Uh, so far? Is. Or ever. Ever. And all of our... I'm just checking. It is. 
Yeah. It is. It, it's lower than before sunrise. Sunshine? Sunrise. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think so too. And again, it might depend on the day or the mood or all of these things, all these factors come in to play. Mm. And it might be your favorite movie ever. It might have a weird like nostalgic connection for you. So feel free to tell us how we're wrong. Also, that's fair enough. Like movies do different things for different people. I watched The Room many, many times and that movie is bad. Bad. <laughs> But I've watched it so many times because it's like, like you said, nostalgic, fun yeah. thing to do with friends. So, yeah. Does this pass the Bechtel test? No. They were Do talking about a boy. Conversation? Oh, shoot. They but is it a male about... lead? Mm, it still doesn't count. Okay. I don't think it counts. And it definitely doesn't pass the DuVernay test. Fantastic. So if you're listening and you're ever curious, like, I only want to watch movies that pass those two tests. The tests are in description below, but let us know if you want us to recap. We can. And no films have passed both. Oh, no, one has. Do the right thing. Yeah. Barely, barely. Yeah. We were pretty, we were, I think we were a we little were generous. generous on the Brechtel side of that, but. Yeah. But just so you know. All right. So now we go to our day player of the day where Kendra and myself have chosen one actor who, you know, there are no small actors. There are only small roles. That's right. And we nominate one person who has done a fantastic job who only has a, what we call a day on set. So Kendra, who is your DPOP? Okay. Before we do this, I do have to do a correction for the Star Wars episode because I nominated the wrong person. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was, there was a photo on IMDb because I was trying to, sometimes with day players, again, it's really difficult. The credit process of like crediting people for their work has not, it's not a foolproof system. You still get a lot of uncredited on IMDb or like people don't necessarily have photos on IMDb. So it's hard to determine who is who sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I found a still from the movie and it had the credits of all the actors in the bottom. And I unfortunately got someone mixed up with someone else. And while I was doing some paperwork and prepping for our day player of the day of the year early, I realized I had credited the wrong person. So my day player for Star Wars was actually Garrick Hagen, and he played Red 3 or Biggs. He's the person I was supposed to credit. He was Luke's friend, and I accidentally credited, like, the captain of the whole team. So oh, just, okay. just as a correction. But back to the Tominator. There was plenty of day players for this movie. Mm-hmm. I think there was lots of options. I had a lot of people on short lists. I was going to go with the gun seller, but ultimately I decided to pick the payphone man who was making a call at a payphone and the Terminator kind of just like rips him out of the phone booth and like throws him into the road. And he just has a very momentary like, hey, what are you doing? And then he's out. And I I liked it. Great. It stood out to me. And I went, yeah, good job. So good job, John E. Bristol. Good for your job, performance John on the Terminator. E. Bristol. Nice. So I went with, for, I said DPOP before, it's DPOD. For my DPOD, I went for pawn shop clerk, the guy who you thought you were going to nominate. I nominated him. One, because I recognized him. Where do you think I recognized him from? Ooh, I have no idea. I recognize Bill Paxton. Okay. (laughs) Gremlins. He's the alcoholic neighbor in Gremlins. No way. And I was like, oh my gosh, I recognize this man. And then I and then I thought, hey, he's doing a really good job at convincing me that he's like, hey, you know your stuff. Like I just really enjoyed Yes. The he whole felt direction. like a very strong character and really a flushed out, you know, solid performance because a lot of the times, like we've probably said before, you just want to be human, as human as possible. And he really felt human in this yes. film Yes. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So his name is Dick Miller. And guess what? He plays Mr. Furtherman in Gremlins as well. So if you guys are interested, we did an episode on Gremlins right before the holidays as our Christmas film. So if you're interested to find out what we think of Dick Miller's performance, <laughs> talk about it. Check out that episode. Don't know which one it is. Anyway. Yeah. Did we it. We did it. Yeah, we did. Every time. It's like a shock. I know. <laughs> Expecting something to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. We didn't do – oh, no, we did. I completely forgot that we did Musties. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just flew by. It did. It flew by. So next time, Kendra, what are yes. we watching? Okay, a little different. Uh, we are going to be watching Sophie's Choice. So this was kindly recommended by your grandma? My mom, I think. It was my grandma or, mom. or my mom. My mom. Someone. One of, one of the Myrtles. Yes. Either Marjorie Myrtle or Victoria Myrtle. Victoria. My mom. Yeah. So this is recommended by Allison's mom. We're getting into some recommendation territory here, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. This one I have seen. 
Mm, I have not. Yes. So this was one... <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I go through phases of feeling as though I'm inadequate for, you know, skill or whatever. If you've ever felt any kind of insecurity about your job or your abilities or your confidence, all of these things, we've all been through it. I had a moment where I was like, I don't feel like a real actor because I've never seen Sophie's Choice. And people talk about it all the time. So I just sat down one afternoon and watched it. And it was a while ago. And I didn't absorb a whole lot because I was watching in terms of... I don't know. It just wasn't coming from a positive place. Watch okay. movies from from a because you're really excited about it, Cause not because you feel you have to. <laughs> yeah. So Sophie's Choice is from 1982. Yes. It's also rated R for anyone who might be concerned about those things. Mm-hmm. Sophie is the survivor of a Nazi concentration camp who has found a reason to live with Nathan, a sparkling if unsteady American Jew obsessed with the Holocaust. Yep. That already sounds a little problematic, but we'll we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. The descriptions have been wrong before. Mm -hmm. Don't judge a don't judge a movie by its IMDb synopsis. (laughs) Don't absolutely don't. So Kendra, if people are interested in following us on the Instagram, Twitter, or sending us a ditty on the Gmail. Where, what, when? You can find us at Unseen Must Sees uh, on our socials, which are Instagram and Twitter, or you can send us an email at unseenmustsees at gmail.com. Send us your comments, your thoughts, your compliments. Those are always nice to get. You know, <laughs> your movie suggestions. Yeah, we love movie suggestions. Yeah, oh. and they're coming from all over the place. Like, we discovered recently a friend of ours has never seen Ever After. Who, which friend is that? Joseph Coleman has never seen ever after okay and i was like maybe don't watch it until we tell you to (laughs) okay fair enough but yeah we're constantly getting even today with alien i was like no yeah which we're gonna never see that for sure yeah (laughs) all right friends that's it for us today eat your homework (laughs) do your lunch and come straight home yes and go watch some movies you better watch your freaking movies or i'm gonna kick you in the toughest have the best day of your life bye bye 